Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Today I want to continue the topic that I started in my previous podcast regarding encountering the presence of God. And if you didn't hear that one, I would recommend going back and starting with that one because this is just a continuation But I want to continue along these lines because there's so much to say about it, and I've seen a lot of confusion surrounding this topic, and because I believe it is so important for every Christian to know the truth about what God has for us. And this is not some topic that's, you know, out in left field somewhere. This is core, central, foundational, essential truth for every Christian. I honestly do not know how I would make it in my life. I wouldn't. I can tell you, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be uh, continuing to follow God on the path that He put before me to follow. It would be impossible And, you know, in our country today, there are pharmacies on almost every street corner. And where there's not a pharmacy, there's a liquor store. And where there's not a liquor store or a pharmacy, there's somebody making a deal to get some kind of substance to help them get through the day. And I can totally understand that because it's the same with me as I... I wouldn't be able to make it. I just happened to find, by the grace of God, I happened to encounter the the presence of God that provides for me on the inside all of those things that everyone wants. And it's because, you know, God never made us. He did not design us to live in stress and fear because As the scripture says, where there's fear, there is torment. And God did not create us for torment. You know, the enemy, Satan, loves to torment people. He's the master of fear and intimidation. But that is not what God has for us. He wants us to live in heaven on earth. And we can. That's the great news about it. You know, there's so much controversy about this topic, even though it's very scriptural, and there's so little teaching about it that so many Christians go through their life, just like I did for the first 11 years of my Christian life, not knowing that I could have the manifested presence of the heavenly realm. And when I talk about the presence of God, I'm talking about the manifestation of of heaven. Now, I'm not talking about in the physical realm. I'm not saying that I physically leave the earth and go in my body to heaven and walking on the streets of heaven, but heaven is on the inside of us because Jesus said the kingdom of God is in you. It's on the inside of us in the unseen realm, but we can enter into the dimension of the glory realm. We can live in that realm, and we're, we're made to live in that realm. We're made to live in peace, 
and I'm talking about being saturated with so much peace and so much joy and so much love and so far removed from all the cares and worries and fears of this life that we are literally able to soar high above them. That's God's plan for us for every single hour of every single day of our life on this earth. And without that, I believe it's impossible to fulfill His plan and purpose because wherever we walk with Him, He's going to ask us to walk through places that require looking to Him. He wants us to learn to depend on Him. And this goes contrary to some things that we hear taught. But according to the Bible, according to one of the most famous Psalms in the Bible, Psalm 23, the very same God who leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake, in verse 3, in the very next verse, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, And that's just the way it is in this life, because we live in a fallen world. You know, Jesus said, in this life, in this world, you will have trouble. And so we just have to know God's solution for dealing with it. And the good news is the trouble will bring us to Him. It will draw us to a place where we have to cry out for more of Him. And that's part of His plan and purpose for our life is that we learn how to encounter him, to know him, to depend on him, to cast all our cares on him. And you know, no wonder there's so much controversy about the topic of encountering the presence of God because this is this is such an important requirement. I mean, if you were the enemy of God and the enemy of God's people, wouldn't you attack the most important area that is so essential for our victory, that we know how to walk with God and be filled with His presence? Of course, that's, this is like the front lines of the battle. This is one of the, the most important topics that we can talk about. And this is why I feel compelled to share these things in these messages. And it's made me sad to see that when it started in our church back in 1993, many of our closest friends didn't receive it. In fact, they were so offended by it that they left. And these are people that had been faithful, uh, active members of the church for many, many years. And our close, some of our closest friends, but yet they said, no, no, God can't do it that way. God can't manifest his presence in a way that goes beyond my understanding. And if he does, then I won't follow him. I'll go somewhere else where his presence doesn't show up. And I'll have my own way of serving him and my own way of uh, doing church. And so that's what we see all across our land is Christians doing church without God, essentially. Because if God's presence is not welcome, if God's not allowed to be in charge of the meeting, then someone else is in charge, and it is lifeless and dull and boring, and the people that go there leave exactly the same way they came in, 
with the same burdens, the same diseases that they had when they first came in the door. And what good is that? You know, who cares to have some kind of uh, quote-unquote religion or, or call it a relationship with God that is not fruitful, that is not productive, that does not have the power to give us the victory that we need in this life? That's why this message is important. And I want everyone to know that God has promised these things to us. This is not some bizarre teaching. These are basic things that God has promised to give to the righteous. And that's the only requirement. And it's just a matter of knowing what He has already promised to do for us. This is not something that we have to go, like I did when I first heard about it, feeling sorry for myself, uh, that, you know, thinking God has rejected me and thinking, you know, he's, He has this for other people, obviously, but, you know, He doesn't have it for me. Well, that's just ignorance. That's my, that was how I reacted because I didn't know the promises of God. And since that time, I've had opportunity to go and find it in the scriptures where he has made these promises to the righteous. And so everyone who qualifies for righteousness, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're, if you're truly born again as a Christian and you're walking with God, you're, you qualify. You're righteous. Everyone who's righteous, that's the only thing he mentions as a requirement. And he specifically tells us again and again in different scriptures. I went and studied, and I actually looked up the words in Hebrew in the concordance because I wanted to get the full meaning of every word, of every detail that what he was saying. And in Hebrew, a lot of times the same Hebrew word has more than one English word. You know, we need to hear the full, amplified meaning of it. And when I did that, I found many scriptures where he's promising that we can have these encounters, the manifestation of his presence. For example, in Psalm 11, verse 7, he says, You will perceive and behold God's presence. Talking about the righteous you will perceive and behold his presence. Now, in Psalm 17, verse 15, he says, When you awake, you will be saturated with the presence of God, which will bring you great contentment and satisfaction. Hallelujah! I like the sound of that. Great contentment and satisfaction. Isn't that what... The whole world is seeking, but seeking in the wrong place. And in Psalm 140, verse 13, it says, The presence of God will settle upon you and stay with you, so you will live in his presence. And again, I've amplified the Hebrew words, but anyone can look up these words for themselves with a concordance and see exactly the same words that I'm reading to you. And another scripture is Ezekiel 44, verses 15 and 16, where he says, You'll come near to him, minister to him, stand before him, enter his holy presence, and watch over his work while others are not allowed. 
Isn't that interesting? And who is it that's not allowed? It's the unrighteous. Because everyone who qualifies for righteousness qualifies for these promises. And another scripture is Revelation 3.12 where he says, You will never again leave his holy place, his sanctuary. That's God's plan for us. That every day, every hour of every day, we are with him. Not just after we die and go to heaven, but starting now in this life. He has made provision for us to have everything that we need to fulfill his plan for our life. Now, since God has given us these amazing promises, we no longer have any reason to settle for anything less. These things belong to us. And since these things belong to us, and since God has already told us that his plan is for us to have them forever and ever, and without any ending and without any interruption, that this is his plan from now on, that we continually always remain with him in his presence, well, then we no longer have to be denied, and we certainly no longer need to uh, think that we have to just wait. And I've, I've heard people share with me that they thought, because they had encountered the presence of God in the past, and they knew it was wonderful, and they knew that it was uh, something they would like to, to have all the time, but they just didn't know they could. They thought that God had somehow sovereignly decided to show up, and they didn't know why. It was some kind of a mystery that they would wonder about, but they were just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, then hoping someday he would show up again because they didn't know the scriptures, and they didn't know that this is the promise of God for them to have every day. Every hour of every day. So just that little bit of clarification can make a huge difference in someone's life. That They say, oh, you mean, okay, then I can just go in expecting. I can go to God expecting uh, to have the realm of his glory manifest uh, in my life. And I enter his presence. I enter the heavenly realm. And I receive, I go with an expectation to receive everything that he has for me, and so that I, I am filled up to overflowing with his spirit on the inside of me, so that it begins to be so uh, real that it manifests in this realm. Now, I'm not talking about seeking the manifestations, and that's, uh, I think, an important point. Because the manifestations are the byproduct that comes out of the relationship. It's just a matter of knowing what he has promised and knowing that we can stand firm and take possession of everything he said we could have. It's going to him with that expectation, but yet we're not seeking the manifestation. What we're really seeking is the very thing that qualifies us for it, the righteousness of God. It's a, it's a uh, hunger to be right with God. That's the heart of this whole thing. It's, a, it's all about a personal 
relationship that says, I long to be right with you, God. I long to be aligned with you. I long to be closer to you. I long for you to draw close to me. And when we come to him like that, we're doing what he said. He said, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. He's looking for people who are hungry. He's looking for people who are seeking him. Because you have a whole world full of people that could have these promises if only they would come to him. But he's, he's not going to give us these things if we're not hungry for it. Because he would then have to hold us accountable for something that we weren't ready uh, to handle properly. And it's, it's no benefit to us whatsoever if he would come to us when we're not ready to receive and we're not ready to handle. Because that's, that's why he says these things belong to the righteous. The unrighteous aren't, aren't going to handle these things properly. They're not going to appreciate. They're not, they're not, going, it's, they're not involved in a relationship with him. And he's the source so it's not you can't just take the blessings apart from the source. It's all about that personal relationship with him. It's all about pursuing righteousness. And so righteousness is not only the thing that qualifies us to receive these things, but it's also that ongoing pursuit. There's an ongoing pursuit of righteousness that never ends because we we never in this life we never fully arrive at a place where we no longer need to seek God anymore. We continually hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that's what Jesus said. That's the requirement that makes us righteous. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. That's what he said. And so a big part of righteousness is the ongoing hunger and thirst. And another example is Timothy, who the Apostle Paul described repeatedly as a great man of God and a faithful servant of God, but yet he instructed Timothy to pursue righteousness. Well, why would he need to pursue it if he was already a born-again, fruitful, productive servant of God? Because that's the nature of righteousness. It's an ongoing pursuit, and it's that pursuit that qualifies us because you're never we're not going to we don't do everything perfectly it's the hunger it's the hunger when we make it our top priority to be rightly aligned with him he makes up the difference the shortfall and we ha we all have shortfall we fall short of the mark that he would like us to to walk in but the grace of god and the mercy of god steps in and puts us in that place that we could never get to on our own. But we, we get there because he sees in our heart that we're hungry for that right alignment with him and that we're actually proving it, not just with words, because talk is cheap, but we're actually doing what he tells us to do. And that's how he knows, and that's, that's what separates us from those who are hypocrites. You know, the hypocrites can talk all day long about their righteousness, but it's self-righteousness unless they're actually obeying what God says to do. And so when we're talking about this encountering God, 
It's not about the manifestations. Those things, those signs follow those who believe. But we can expect them and we can receive them by faith and not just uh, somehow be deceived into thinking that we're going to live in this terrible earth realm with no way out and with no help, no relief. That's not true. And so that's why this whole topic is really central, core, uh, foundational for our entire relationship with God, because it gets right to the heart of the matter. What is it, and who is it, that we're seeking? And all of these things that I'm describing to you, the manifestations of His presence and the peace that comes with that, that's just the beginning. There are so many things that come to us when we pursue righteousness, and that's what it talks about in Matthew 6, verse 33, that when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. You know, God has so much more for His people. He wants us to partake of every good thing that He has for us. And not only for our enjoyment and our pleasure and being blessed by it, but also because it's how we fulfill the purpose and plan that He has for our life. It's going to require more than what we possess in our own ability, in our own might. And so we need His equipping. We need all that He has for us. And we don't want to be denied or settle for anything less. But it all begins with us hungering for more of Him. Because when someone is content, when they think they already have everything they need, they're not hungry. And so they're not really open to receive anything more. And even, you know, the disciples, they were walking daily with Jesus right there beside them, but yet they could not hear what he wanted to tell them because he said to them one time, I have many things to tell you, but you are not ready to hear them. Can you imagine that? You've got the Lord Jesus Christ standing right there, walking right next to you every day. And he has all the wisdom that we could possibly ever need. And he can give all insights and reveal mysteries. But yet, they couldn't hear what he wanted to tell them because they weren't ready. And when he said, you're not ready, what he meant was, you're not hungry enough. I could give you all these things, but you wouldn't know what to do with it. You wouldn't guard it and protect it. You wouldn't value it greatly enough to take care of it, to actually begin to put it into practice to begin to meditate on it and receive it into your life. And so you would squander it, and you would have to be held accountable for what you were given, because as the scripture says, to whom much is given, much will be required. And so it would not be to your benefit to give you any of these insights until you're ready to put them into practice. And for that, you're going to have to be really serious about it, really hungry for it. 
And it's the exact same way for us today. I mean, just like the disciples, we also have Jesus Christ with us. And there are so many things that he wants to give us and to tell us and to impart to us, but he can't if we're not ready. He's waiting for us to get hungry for more, to not be satisfied, you know, to come out of those dry places and stir up our hunger by whatever means we need to. We have to pursue him with all diligence, with all seriousness, making it our top priority, and begin to do the things that he tells us to do. And when we demonstrate our obedience to him, that it proving to him that we're serious, we take his words very serious, we take it to heart. And when we get off track, we take it very serious again, we go back to him and, and repent, you know, and seek to get rightly aligned again. And when we begin to demonstrate that kind of hunger and that kind of pursuit, God will begin to give us more because that's what he's been wanting to do for us all along. So thanks for joining me today, and I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long. 